Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. It's a Dapper Devil production, see? Everyone and welcome to another episode of Glee. Glee. Aggressive. Aggressive. My name is Karina Stokes. My name is Ian Brodsky. And folks, we are here today to discuss an episode of Glee. <laughs> we are here to discuss. <laughs> that's an episode. really, honestly, that's really the only way I can describe this episode. Folks, we are here to talk about season two, episode six, titled "Never Been Kissed." It originally aired November 9th of 2010. I would say, Ian, first impressions, this episode had a lot of really high highs and a lot of really low lows for me. Uh, <laughs> sure. I mean, like, I was just kind of really... I, I didn't... It didn't really have either of those for me, to be completely <laughs> honest. And that's saying a lot because we just did the Rocky Horror episode. Yeah. So you would think it could only go up from here and yet... Uh, some parts of this episode go real high. We have different opinions on some things, which is why yes. we're doing this. Exactly. Um, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about the recap. There's two things in this recap. People are dating and Puck was in juvie. That's it. All you need to know. Check and check. Also, they do that thing where they like make up a plot point and put it in the recap because they say like, Artie wants Brittany back. And I'm like, hey, we've never discussed this. Right. Right. <laughs> like, they're... And also, part of the recap just has shots of them doing Rocky Horror. I'm like, we didn't need to be reminded. <laughs> we didn't need to know about that. We, we all know. We like never forget, but also we like we don't need to we don't need Folks, to talk about it. No one is gonna forget that they just did Rocky Horror. No. But instead, mm. we open into the locker room, which suddenly has very fancy sports therapy equipment in it. Yeah, that was definitely my first note. Which was uh. Where did they get the budget for these? I guess they took the budget from Sue and Will and used it to buy bathtubs for sports. Okay. I guess sure. that's okay. something, yeah. but you're right. That, those seem expensive. Right. And instead, we're talking about Finn and Sam are talking about girls. Um, there's, like, a cold shower joke. <sighs> yeah. Um, it's It's not... Um, it's not comfortable. Um, I mean, props to, I guess, them to be able to discuss the fact that they have both been with the same girl. I know sometimes that could be, a, like, a little bit of a fraught subject, but... Right, absolutely. Um, but yeah, and, like, I, I didn't really catch what they were talking about other than, like, Quinn won't go further, and, mm-hmm. um, uh... Look, Finn... there's a whole plot point of this episode where I'm just gonna say it. A lot of this episode is about making sure you don't, like, orgasm too quickly. Right. And... We're gonna talk a lot about that. Yes, and Finn shares his trick, which, of course, as we have explored in the past, is he thinks of the mailman that he ran over. And, of course, I laughed when we did that flashback, because all I could think of was Quinn going, Think of the mail! Think think of of the the mail! mail. Yeah, but... So... Finn is like, well, if I don't want to shoot my load off too fast, I think about almost murdering a man. And Sam Relatable is like, content. and Sam is like, man, I wish I had my own near murder to to think about, so I don't jizz in my pants when Quinn touches me too much. And then they start talking about their football coach, Coast Beast, and how yes. she is sexually unattractive to them. I guess. And I guess that is very much the. That's very much a plot point of this entire episode, and I, I'm uncomfortable. Yeah, this was the first of many of me going gross out loud, because, like, <laughs> yep. Finn, Sam, like, looks weirdly, like, lecherously at, at Beast, and, like, and he goes, I think I found my mailman, and Finn goes, yeah, you did, oh. and I went, ugh. Ugh. <laughs> no. Um, but also, just a little plot point whole, um. Yeah. Finn's already touched Liam Mich- Rachel's boobs. Yeah, he prayed about it. He I prayed guess... about it to Grilled Cheeses, and Grilled Cheeses answered his prayers. Yeah. So, I plot guess... hole. I get, well, I guess maybe she's never done it since then, and one touch of the boobs was not enough. 
Um, and I it also never is. I, no, it never is. Um, <laughs> I was about to be all like, "Wow!" Like it seems like. I guess I was like, it makes sense. They get one point for being like, yeah, it makes sense that Quinn would probably be a little more into like celibacy than she was previously because she's had a, a bad experience. A full, a full baby. She had a full baby. Um, they talk about how they have the only girls in high school which who won't put out, which I'm sure is not true. It can't be true. Many girls don't put out, and good for them. Um, but yeah, so this starts our first plot, which has so much to do with not coming in your pants, and I really wish, I really wish it didn't. I'm imagining the writer's room where they're like, well, I think, we've, I think we're out of ideas. And someone is like, no, 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 remember the mailman? And they were like, great, um, let's keep spitballing. Um, um, Coach Beast, um, Coach Beast is objectively unattracted to a 15-year-old boy. Yeah, yeah, this it's isn't problematic bad. at all. They were probably like, man, that band, The Lonely Island, had such a good hit with their song about people jizzing in their pants. What if we took that and made a whole 50-minute episode about it? Was that at that time? Yeah, dude, that song came out in, like, my senior year of high school. Oh, Jesus. And I know this because once, instead of listening to um, my physics class teacher, me and my friend just wrote all the lyrics out from memory on our notes, so... We would have definitely been friends in high school. That's why we became friends, because we all appreciated Andy Sandberg's particular brand of, like, yep. song parody. Yep. And rightly so. Um, okay, um, so we're back in the hallways. Um, yes. <laughs> Tina's, like, hard leaning into the goth thing again. Um, Tina looks like a wonderful, like, Vict- like a high-class Victorian woman, and Kurt is wearing the most out-of-this-world cardigan I've ever seen, and I would 100% wear both of those outfits. And and she opens the scene with something along the lines of, like, so we're looking forward to some great sweater trends this winter, yeah. aren't we? Like, something like that. And I was like, what a way to start out. And then I realized, oh, it's because you need an opening line before... Mm-hmm. What's what's his name? Karofsky? Karofsky, yes. Karofsky just body slams Kurt yeah. into the locker again. It's time for a little bullying as a treat. But there's only one treat. bully today. Instead only of both one. of them. Foreshadowing? I guess. <laughs> yeah, so that was pretty quick. And then we go right back into uh, Glee Club rehearsal. Time because... to talk about sectionals. Uh, yeah, because Puck's back. Yes, um, Puck is back. He had a great time in juvie. He had a great time. Good for him. Um, and my note here is, like, Finn is so proud of his little, like, drum roll. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know what? Good for you, Finn. Good for you. One, he has one skill, and it's drumming. He has one, and he does it great. He does um, a great job. And so then we learn that like their competition is um, the Dalton Academy Warblers, which is a uh, an acapella group from an all-boys school. Yes. Remember that, listeners? Um, and the Hipsters, a, 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 a glee club of old people getting their GEDs. Sure. Uncomfortable. Um. I looked up because they mentioned that Dalton Academy is in uh, Westerville, which is an hour and a half from Lima. Okay. Uh, but it is also... Everything a, is 90 minutes from Lima. And it's an hour and 40 minutes from Carmel, so it means we're going in some different directions, so it might be mm. make sense that they're in different sectionals, as it were. Sure. Sure, um, sure. And then they're like, the Glee Club is like, how can we compete with, with adorable old people? Which, like, okay. And Puck, <laughs> Puck mentions, like... They have brittle bones, so if you just give them a push, they'll shower their pelvis. And then there's, like, this weird little, like, affirmative cheer from the group where everyone's like, yeah, good Yeah, plan. good idea. Hello? Oh, okay. Um, also, my note here is, when did Will get glasses? Was he wearing glasses in that scene? He was wearing glasses. What the fuck? <laughs> Are you sure? Yes. <gasps> yes. I shit you not. When did he get glasses? I guess we'll never no, know. No. And will we ever see them again is the question. Well, now I'm going to be on Glasses Watch. Everyone, it's time for Glasses Watch, and, Pamphlet Watch, and Glasses Watch. All right, we have our assignments. So um, in, uh, in preparation, they're going to do their second annual Boys versus Girls tourney. Sure. Which, you know, cool. I'm all for it. We all know how much I love that vitamin D episode. It was episode. very good. And this time they won't be on drugs. Um, yes. Kurt tries to go be in the girls group. I think, if I'm remembering correctly, that's what he tried to do in the vitamin D episode. So it's yes. like, haha, funny joke. Um, Remember this? Yes. And Puck is then wheels Artie away from his locker. 
because I think Blade is the next time. Um, and yes. Artie is like, if you're going to push me down the stairs, do it in the least crowded one so I won't be humiliated. And Puck announces that no, part he got out on Juvie with community service, so his community service is hanging out with Artie, who is in a wheelchair. Yeah, um, there is some terrible, like, okay, my line, like, I don't even remember what he said. Mm-hmm. But I, my only note is there's, like, five things wrong with this sentence, whatever he was saying to explain this to Artie. Yeah. The least offensive of which is, quote, probie officer. Um, yeah. Which is probably more lame than anything, but, like, there were just, like, five problematic yeah. things wrong with his explanation just from the jump. Yeah. Because um, he doesn't want to go back to Juvie because there's no chicks and no kosher meal options. Okay, sure. Okay. Mazel tov, I guess. Mazel tov, um, yeah. Ha- sh- Shabbat shalom. Right. Um, Slow down, Professor X. I never said anything about liking you. I guess it's something else that he said to... He said that to Artie, Artie. when Artie was like, oh, it might be nice if we're friends or whatever. But instead, right. Puck right, right, is right. like, no, I'm literally doing this for charity. And you're like, okay. I can tell you right now my notes here are going to be rather vague, probably. Um, so I'm just it's probably going to be a lot of me being like, why did he say that? Why did I write that? My um, notes are confusing at best, and but thorough. <laughs> um... <laughs> Right. Um, then we're, I mean, hall, still in the hallway, Puck, uh, oh no, sorry. Oh, um, we're still in the hallway, Kurt is confronting Karofsky again. Yes. Um, Put a pin in that. Karofsky mentions that if he talks back to him one more time, he's going to meet the Fury. The Fury is what he has named his fist. That's weird. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yes. Um, what's different about this getting shoved into a locker is that Will sees it happen. Will... Will takes Kurt into his office and offers him, for comfort, the smallest cup of water you've ever seen. Like, you know, you know yep. when you go to a restaurant and you can get ketchup in those tiny paper cups? Like, that's, oh. like, that is what, yep. that is what Will offers to Kurt. Like, he's a tiny doll who only needs three <laughs> sips of water. And Kurt's holding Just it with to calm both, down. both hands. It's the funniest thing maybe in the whole episode. <laughs> It's Kurt just drinking. Yep. Like it's a small cup, and it's only half filled. So Kurt is minimally getting like a teaspoon of water. Anyway, at most. And has Will always had an office? Yes, but it changes where it is because sometimes it's like in the choir room, and sometimes it's just in a hallway. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah. We don't know her. Um. Basically, Will is like, it sucks that you're being bullied. End of sentence. And Kurt is like, yeah, <laughs> fucking do something about it. Literally, that's his whole point here. And that's kind of the whole Kurt plot point mm-hmm. of this episode. Um, and he makes some good points because um, he says, like, almost like word for word, like, um, Will lets homophobia slide just like everybody else. And he's, n- and yeah. Kurt's not challenged here at all. Therefore. Oh, oh and, and that his lessons and. are boring and repetitive. Um, yes. Which, yes, like, yes, yes. He yes. does say that. That has big, um, you're tacky and I hate, I hate you energy. you, yeah. <laughs> so, the, Will, the, so the, the decision here is, yeah, go Will, on. Will being told that he's bad at teaching Glee and doesn't care enough about homophobia, his solution is, what if boys sing girl song and girls sing boy song? I've done it. Love wins. <laughs> one thank you for that too did not expect that to get me so hard Uh, i'm glad i'm glad um so he starts his lecture off by saying i'm not throwing the baby out with the bathwater." to which britney Britney said i've done that before uh, I don't think I know what that phrase means because I don't understand how it could be relevant in this context. Um, I th- it's something I'm going to explain it very poorly, but mm-hmm. um, it's something along the lines of like, I'm not going to completely um, disregard or throw out everything that I had said. Right. I'm just um, getting new bathwater for the baby. Right. Like the baby's still there, just we did refreshing not the water. Murder a baby. Right. We did not murder a baby, and that's like, <laughs> we have that. We right. have that going. Um, but, so, therefore, yeah, boys are going to do girl songs, girls are going to do boy songs, um, and I guess this means, I don't know what Kurt is proposing here, because we cut to, like, 
Kurt proposing something that is all about feathers and headdresses. Yeah. And, and my first my first guess was Hello Dolly, but that's clearly not it. It sounded maybe something about doing Diana Ross. Um, okay. At some point. Basically, the gist of it is Kurt takes this assignment and wants to go hyper-feminine with it, and then all the boys are basically like, no. Um, no, that's yeah. gay, uh, is basically and, what they're saying, yeah. And then Puck is like, make yourself... Well, he makes, like, three homophobic remarks, yep. and then immediately goes, why don't you make yourself useful and, like, check out the competition, spy yes. on the competition. Because it's been implied that warblers are at an all-boys school, therefore must be must be gay. Because right. only boys. Um, exactly. The old, like At least Mike Chang and Finn have the decency to look kind of, like, chagrined about the casual homophobia that's being tossed around in this room. Right. But they don't and say I guess... anything to stop it. And oddly enough, I guess you can say that's growth on Finn's part, yeah. question mark. Yeah. Okay, sure. Anyway, then we cut to Quinn and Sam looking like they're on the set of every terrible porno. Yeah, they're, like, fully making out in front of a fireplace. Also, there's a statue of the Virgin Mary. Quinn also Quinn won't stop asking Sam to say her name, which I really hate it, I'll be honest. Yeah, and um, I guess that means that it's her house, because my note here was, whose house is this? It's her house now. Huh? <laughs> okay. I just listened um, to Mean Girls over the weekend. Oh, wait, I just watched Mean Girls yesterday. I was listening to the musical soundtrack. I, yeah, I then I think listened to a half of a song from the soundtrack. Anyway, um, yeah, it's very like, good show. Very good show. Very good show. Um, yeah. Have you actually seen the musical? No, I was going to see it, but I saw Be More Chill instead. Okay, well, it's back on tour, so you can see it if it comes to a theater near you. Oh, shit. Is Renee Rapp back in it? No. So, yeah, it's Qu it's Quinn's house now, and... Sure. It's a lot of, like, it's just, it feels like a it's bad a lot porn. Of, watching it. Does, it does. It's a lot of her saying, is this hot enough for you? And, like, I don't know. Um, I, but if, if, then I, we cut to it, his... It's icky, especially because we cut to his mental images of beast in compromising positions and in this case it's beast wearing like a, a, a silk camisole or cami and like right chopping up raw ribs with a cleaver yes a lot of a lot of chopping meat a lot um, of meat and imagery Some a lot of meat imagery and therefore sam says her name yeah after a lot and of shots of him like writhing in a way that you're like wow it's pretty weird that they're showing this Hi. right like a la touch a touch a touch me yeah part two. a lot of writhing um, and then he stops writhing and says beast quietly which to me that was the funniest part of this episode <laughs> um but yeah so quinn tells this to sue mm -hmm. um there's some playful transphobia yep. um which like, this whole plot point, I just hate, I hate it, I hate it, I hate it, I hate it. I Like, justice for Dot Marie Jones for Honestly, having to sit having through to this thing. This. I know. Like, um, and so, <laughs> I, I, why did, why did Sue say now she has to stare at some wounds? Good, I'm glad we wrote down the same line. So basically, <laughs> Qu Quinn is like, I think my boyfriend Sam is, is making time with his football coach. Um, right. Which is weird to assume. Um, and right. Sue says, ugh, now I'm thinking about them making out. I'm, I'm going to have to go straight to the, do you know what I'm going to have to do to get that image out of my head? I'm going to have to go straight to the wound care center. Going to have to look at some wounds. wounds. Which is, wounds, yes, extremely funny line. And Jane Lynch it, fully delivers it. It is, and I thought she was saying wombs. No, like it's wounds. Uterus, uteruses? No, it's like pus. Uteri? Okay. Is it ugh. uteri? Hmm. <laughs> I don't know. But she, <laughs> Doctors write in. Um, yeah, please tell us how many uteruses there are. Um, <laughs> so she says to Quinn that they can use this to, to finally yes. get Beast fired by making her the next Mary Kay Latorno. Latorno? I didn't sure. know who it was. I had to look it up. Unfortunately, it's a teacher who went to jail for having sex with her students and, in fact, bore the baby of the 13-year-old student she had sex with. Oh, sure, sure, Gross. sure, sure. Gross. Um, but Quinn, you gotta give him a piece of your mind, you gotta do it loud and in a public setting. Yes. Um, put a pin in this. Put a pin in, put a pin in that. Um, especially because I just love the, uh, Macaulay Culkin lookalike yeah. line for <laughs> I Sam. I that too. Because it's not untrue and it's so funny. Good for Macaulay Culkin. 
So, yeah, he's making a comeback. We'll have a Macaulay Culkin sans or whatever. I, I thought you were going to say is. we were going to have Macaulay Culkin on this show. And I was like, do you know something that I don't? Because, like, <laughs> if you have an aim I mean, with Macaulay Culkin, let me know. I Well, I mean, he is on, um, he was just on the latest season of American Horror Story. What? Also Ryan Murphy, yeah. It all and comes he was back good in to it. Ryan Murphy. Like the, like, the season was not good, but Macaulay <laughs> Culkin was great. Good for him. Then we're back to Artie and Puck, uh, calls him Young Jedi in a wheelchair. Um, yep, he Oh, because they're in a public, they're, like, in the, like, they're the in, public lunch area. Yeah, they're in, like, an outside lunch area, the same place that they performed. Ooh, there's a cat. Um, yeah, there's a cat. They're in a public lunch area, the same place where they performed um, Empire State of Mind. Except now it's yes. raining, which is, I think, a choice, like. That's what I was wondering. Like, it, I can only imagine that, like, they only had this location for the day yeah. and it was like oh well it's running up because well good thing your vocals are pre-recorded it, it's like ohio in the rain and it's raining it's not like it's like warm out i would never choose to eat outside in the rain and it's just a weird concrete spot but yes okay nothing about it looks comfortable so they do one love mashed by up bob marley mashed up with um people get ready yes yeah um it's fine it's fine. It's, um, didn't need to see two white dudes no. covering Marley, but, uh... They did okay. it. And, and everyone is fucking into it. Everybody is giving here for money. it. Giving money, yeah. Giving them money. Where, my question is, where did all this money come from? Because I thought everybody was poor because this community has no budget. I assumed it's like, when you're in high school, sometimes you carry ones around with you cause to get something from the vending machine. Sure. But $300 is unreasonable. Also, yes. the fact that it was fully 10 minutes into this episode before we got a song, I can't tell if this is growth or unclear. Yeah, that's a great question, and I don't know the answer oh my God. either. So, yeah, we don't need to hear these two white boys covering Bob Marley at all. But I will say, technically, right. their voices sound nice together. I'd rather this yeah. than them rapping. But most importantly, most importantly... This song features the return of the steel drum band that we saw in the pilot. Folks, check out Steel Drum Band Club. You set them up in episode one and you bring them back in season two, episode six. This is the payoff that we desperately craved. Do you think Ryan and I'm Murphy so glad we got it. remember that he had had a steel drum band in the pilot of Glee? Either he did not remember and was just like, this will be fun, or someone um or like someone in the writer's room was like oh like we're gonna have them do the song Re didn't we steel drum? didn't we have a steel drum band once do you think we could get those steel drums we had randomly in the episode one yeah um and then ryan Murphy was like oh yeah that's a good idea yeah. let's uh, see if they're in storage right and amazing i love it we love amazing anytime there's an ounce of consistency in this show i'm like you did it <laughs> yay yay <laughs> Clearing the very low bar. Yeah, so they sing, Puck walks around and glares at people. I think presumably guilting them into giving money because Artie's in a right. wheelchair, so like... Exactly, yeah, I did have that I did have that question. Or is this him bullying people? It's bullying, um, for sure. But also singing. Yeah, and um, I don't really believe that everybody suddenly cares about this and the Glee Club, by no. extension. And I guess, like, this combination of talent and fear is a great thing, so now they can buy a boatload of clove cigarettes. Cigarettes, gross. Um, yeah. And after he says that, there's a shot of Artie staring longingly up at Brittany and Santana, who I believe take Jolly Ranchers out of their mouth and switch Jolly Ranchers. Um, right, yes. And Puck uh, interprets uh, Artie's look of wanting at Brittany and says the uh, following line, which earned the second all caps gross in my notes. You want her? You don't need cash for that. She's free. Disgusting. Ugh. Yeah. 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 Um. Yeah. Artie was um, like, she was is this my where, first. Is this... And... Yeah, that, that's what I was about yeah. to ask. Yeah. Um, so, cool. We will circle back to that. Um, um, the only other thing is that uh, Puck makes a plan says we'll take them out to dinner on a double date yes. um and he says that he'll they'll take them to the sticks referring to breadsticks of course um all holy breadsticks but i watched these episodes with closed captioning on and netflix spelled the sticks like s-t-y-x like the river sticks 
And so what? Yeah. Of all things of all things. I I also do love the idea um, that like the band Sticks yeah. opened a restaurant in Lima, Ohio. There's definitely a show, and I what show has there's a show that has a bar called the River Sticks. Hmm. Okay. Oh, hold on. That's gonna bug me. I I'm afraid it's Riverdale. Because it's always. I'm like, afraid you're right. Oh, that's just a real bar. <laughs> okay. Yeah, fine. Um, so yeah, I was like, that's a very funny idea. Instead, that uh, mm, it's Veronica Mars. It's Veronica. Oh, it's, fuck! Okay. It's always Veronica Mars. Yeah, I'm Veronica Mars, the Irish, like the Irish mafia, yes. hangs out in a bar called the River Sticks. Yes. Okay. I remember that now. I was close um, with Riverdale. So um, you you were pretty close actually. Very um, funny that that would happen. But yeah, then we get to, uh, then we go to, I guess, an episode high. Okay, so let me just, I'm just going to talk at you for a minute. Please do. So, as soon as, like, the shot changed to just, like, this picturesque shot of, like, a glass domed ceiling in a clearly rich person building, I was like, (gasps) because this, this clip, I can't tell you how many times I've watched this on YouTube. I watch this on YouTube, like, once a month, at least. Like, really? Yeah, it's good. It shows up in my YouTube recommendations. Like, do you want to rewatch this? And I'm like, yeah, fuck yeah, I do. Um, <laughs> it's good. I'm like, welcome to me being just a fangirl. Like, that's all it is. It's look, he's here, Aww. folks. Darren Chris is here now. Darren Chris has entered the chat. The shot of Kurt walking down the stairs, surrounded by preppy boys, and looking lost. And he looks down, and Darren Chris is there. And there's, like, he's just... Fi- you want to talk about boys with charisma. That's one of them. Darren Chris, 1,000%. In fact, 1,000%. I read that apparently the, like, casting, like, call for this character, Blaine, is a, like, young, charismatic gay man. And Darren Chris was like, yeah, I got enough. enough. I got enough of those. <laughs> See, I thought he got on because he won one of those, like, glee competition no, he things. just he just auditioned. I will tell you I, when people who won the Glee Project show up on this show. I believe I, okay. it's I could have sworn he was. I could have sworn he was like the guy that won the first like MySpace like poster cover of one of these six songs. No, he just because everyone was asking me when I was going to do that, and I was like, I'm good. You could have. Um, um, no, he he I just could've. auditioned. He auditioned a lot. Apparently, he auditioned to play Finn even. Um, oh. And this is okay. just the first time he got on. Um, sure. And yeah, the atmosphere is great. Everyone's excited. Blaine is like, oh, yeah. we're going to go listen to an acapella performance, which is a terrible thing to say um, to someone, but I guess it was 2010, sure. a different time. It was, it was, and it was very in vogue then. Um, acapella was everything and everywhere, and this was pre-Pitch Perfect, too. Yeah, this really, um, this, uh, Glee walked so Pitch Perfect could run. And oh, frankly, absolutely. Glee also ran so Pitch Perfect could run later. Um, I think, yeah, Glee ran so Pitch Perfect could fly. Yes, and then... God, the, there's, like, he's like, I can bring you through a shortcut, and there's a shot of them, like, slow-mo running down an empty hallway with, like, the world's most awkward handhold, and I'm like, oh, wow. And, like, I wrote this even before the song started. I was like, this is the gay teenage dream sequence, and Kurt is floating. Oh, my God. And then they get to the performance hall, and, like, Blaine reveals that he is, in fact, the the lead singer, and he's like... He, like, looks at Kurt and then fucking winks at him and then bursts into singing an acapella version of, like, hello, like, look, I would imagine, put yourself in Kurt's shoes. It's amazing he managed to stay standing through all that. Yo, it's it's amazing, too, that they didn't incorporate incorporate the Beast plot point into that. It's true. It's very true. As gross as it is. Yeah, honestly. I mean... Um, and then they sing Teenage Dream. They sing an acapella version of Teenage Dream. Which is excellent. Ugh, excellent. Which is excellent. Again, Darren Chris sounds amazing, mm-hmm. is incredibly charismatic. It's a great um, cover. My, I mean, it sounds great. However, all boys school or not, I do not believe that every dude in this school is super into this acapella group. No, there's got to be like the stoners hiding in the closet being like, thank Christ for acapella so we can get high now. Right, but, like, also, like, shout-out to the one extra behind, uh, Kurt, mm-hmm. who was just fist-pumping for his life. He was fucking into, <laughs> into it. Into it. Like, you, like, you can only imagine that Ryan Murphy, like, 
had to say during between takes like hey you like can you be into it a little more right. and he just fucking ran with that note and uh telly lung is here he's great mm-hmm. um broadway broadway darling i believe at time of filming this was actually the actual acapella group might have been like the acapella group from tufts maybe that's so it's fucking like a, funny because that's what... a real acapella group yeah my cousin went to tufts so now i'm just gonna be like hey uh-huh. you dipshit tell me about the acapella scene at your alum <laughs> yeah at your alma mater Although that does make a lot of sense, because they're shooting L.A., why would they bring out the Tufts acapella group? Anyway, um, real talk, besides this being an excellent cover, this scene actually made me cry, because... It's a great scene. It is a great scene. Like, this is where, like, this is where they actually got it right. Yes, and, like, the look, it's shot so well, and, like, there's this close-up on, like, Chris Colfer acts the hell out of it, because there's just look on on his face where he's, like, realizing for the first time in his life that, like, he could have it all. Like, yeah. Kurt realizing, oh my god, I could maybe not be alone, there's other people, and this very cute boy just winked at me and now is singing Katy Perry's Teenage Dream seemingly directly at to me, my face. Yeah. Oh my god, oh my god, I fully cried. I was like, oh my god. Uh, and it also, was great, it was very well directed. Imagine being, like, a young gay man in 2010 and seeing this play out on, like, the biggest show of the of yeah. this season. That must have been, like, we can must rag awesome. on Glee all we want, and we will. Even the next sentence I have is raggy on Glee, but this one thing, <laughs> I, I'll give him credit for this one thing. Excellent. Now, please rag on Glee again. And my next, it's my next series of grosses because <laughs> we cut to an empty hallway after school, unclear what time it is, and Tina and Mike are like talking about how if you think about Beast, you won't jizz in your pants. And I don't know, that counts for ladies as two. And yeah, Tina was like, let's try it. And then they go into that random astronomy classroom again. And start... I guess good for them for like bringing back the girls like sex two plot point yeah. from episode two. They lose a point for making a Jersey Shore abs joke because Tina says You're, these could be my own personal situation. Disgusting. Very bad. I give terrible line. <laughs> terrible line. Very dated. I give them one singular point for uh, acknowledging that girls can also orgasm. I guess like yeah, great. Yeah, good for one point great. for that. And then and, I was like, I hate the rest of it, though. Yeah. Um, my note here is, is they going to fuck in the science room? <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I guess because, they like, were. Because she's fully, like, pulling him onto her while she's, like, on her back on desks. Yeah. And I'm like, again, the last time we saw this was touch a touch a touch me. I wish they wouldn't keep doing it. I, I, I'm with you. I agree. Um, but... Oof. Yeah. Uh, big ol' yikes on bikes. And so then we get to Quinn calling out Sam in the hallway. I thought this was a fun little subversion for us because we're always talking yes. about how you shouldn't have these private conversations in the hallway. But this yeah. time Quinn is doing it on purpose because she wants everyone to hear. Exactly. Um, I do love, like, something about the way she was talking, like, or at least saying these lines yeah. was, like, it reminded me of, like, a like 1940s film noir drama you think it's because, because she, she used the phrase lover's quarrel yes that was <laughs> that's exactly what i was going to say because beast comes over and it's like what's going on here and uh quinn goes uh i wrote i wrote it down this is a lover's quarrel and it's your fault yeah she's got like the transatlantic at like accent on i was here for it of course but like i was here for it and then like so she storms off and sam leaves and then Mike Chang comes out of nowhere and just goes up to Beast and goes, stay away from my woman. And Beast is understandably like, what? What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> um, unfortunately for all of us, Will's here and he notices this um, exchange. Yep. Because he pulls Mike and Sam into a classroom and apparently gets all the details out of them. Um, on Yeah, on the list of like boundaries that have been broken between teacher and student like add this to the fucking list like they didn't show the conversation happening and for that i'm grateful but it does boil down to the fact that will had a conversation with his students that basically ended with them saying we are picturing our football coach in compromising positions so we don't come in our pants while making out with our girlfriends and that's a weird thing to say to a teacher yes yes it is and then then again 
Finn did talk to Emma about going to second base with Rachel, so... Somehow that's less weird, even, because at least she's a guidance counselor and it's her job. Um, you're right, you're right. And then, like, Will actually has the point where it's like, no one appreciates her Coach Beast because she's different, and, like, for you to abuse that outside of, like, uh, mm-hmm. uh, for you to abuse that uh, even outside of here is the opposite of what we're trying to achieve here as the Glee Club, which is, of course, your inclusion and right. diversity efforts, um... And um, it's not like we're making fun of her to her face, but she can never know about this. Right. I did think it was a little weird that the framing of this was basically like, Will, because Will is like, she's just like us, the Glee Club, because we're all outcasts, which you can kind of read as Will being like, hey, don't be mean to Beast. She's a loser like we are. And you're like, oh. Yeah, I could definitely see that harsh. too when you bring it, when you put it that way. Absolutely harsh. Um, yeah, so I guess then uh, we cut back to Kurt. Yes. Talking to Darren, Chris, Telly Long, and one other dude. And another boy. Um, yeah. And another boy. And my note... Um, so, like, he's been found out, but, like, but they're not going to punish him for being a spy because mm-hmm. it was kind of endearing. Yes. And then my note was, is everyone here gay? And then as I wrote that, Kurt had the same question. That's so fucking funny. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, okay, I guess I'm not the only one that picked up on it. Oh, my God, and, Kurt, um, you just can't ask people if they're gay. <laughs> oh that's two um and uh the the answer is no only darren chris is gay but they just have a zero tolerance harassment policy good for you because i don't i mean i believe that you have a zero tolerance harassment policy i don't believe that everyone is just fine with it yeah um i read a review that was basically like it's weird that they only have two extremes which is like high school hell or or what they dubbed like gay utopia like (laughs) That's fucking it, though. That is exactly it. It's not even, like, this high school... Like, it's not even like, hey, this high school is, like, slightly more accepting. It's like, no, this is the perfect high school where bullies don't exist. And also, we eat candy for lunch. Like... (laughs) Although, I will say, I'll give Chris Colfer some more acting points for, like, his face when they say, like, oh, no, this isn't a school full of gays. We just have a policy against... Uh, like bullying and that's like a thousand percent that's like an earth-shattering revelation to him where people are like your school cares even enough to put one of those in place and even despite everything that we just said like i'll give him the points for that like that's just really nice to see and then blaine excuses his two straight wingmen i guess and tells kurt like I ran away to the school because I was being bullied, but you have a chance to be strong. And while he's, like, telling him this, there's just, like, soft piano playing in, delicately in the background, and I was weak. I was fully weak. <laughs> he's like, and he's like, don't run like I did. Um, he also had a transatlantic accent in for some reason. <laughs> yes, yeah. Go on, um, Kurt. And like Kurt. Be brave. Kurt, who has shed a single tear. Yeah. Also, I... I have a question for the room, yeah. and by the room I mean you mm-hmm. and our friends uh, Andrew and Allison, mm-hmm. because I this is the first time I heard this term was from them, and for like the listeners. Mm-hmm. So their couple name is Clay. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Why are they not Blurt? I you just really answered your own question there, didn't you? <laughs> like yeah, <laughs> Blurt's um, awful. Clay is iconic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here to troll. Yeah, um, um it's clean time, baby. We go immediately for, to that to the choir room where the girls are planning their costumes and their uh their performance. There's a fun little joke that someone was like, Rachel hasn't talked at all and she's like, I'm doing the opposite it's it's opposite day, so I'm not speaking and then she just yells spies as because <laughs> Right <laughs> Artie and Puck walk in. There's also a bit where she yells at someone for sewing on the sequins wrong, and mm. that was pretty great. I just realized there's not a lot of Rachel in this episode, which is why it's pretty good. I had the same thought just now mm-hmm. as well. Um, so she yells spies. Uh, well, also someone does throw back to the vitamin D thing, like yeah. how they're not on vitamin D uh, this year, which is great and hilarious. Yes. And casual reminder that apparently pseudoephedrine is an ingredient in meth, I guess. Yep, um, never forget. And so it's it's... She yells spies at Puck and Artie, mm-hmm. who walk in, just neg Brittany and Santana yes. for 45 seconds. And it works. And it works, which is a terrible, terrible yeah. thing in general. The only good thing about it is as it works, we have a shot of every other girl in the room looking at them like, 
completely in disbelief that they just watched right. this negging work fully. Yep. So. Yep. I do like the puck arty kind of dynamic in as much as it's sort of like two jerks of like very different persuasions. Like Right. That's exactly it. It's like it works because they both suck. Yeah, they're both like shitty jerks in two different ways. Right. So it's like two jerks of a different color. Yeah, okay. <laughs> two jerks both alike in dignity. Yeah. Then we have Beast and Will. Beast asks Will what's going on because if the students don't respect her, she can't do her job. Of course. I hated this. And therefore this. like this scene was one of the more uncomfortable ones of the series thus far. Yeah. Um, and, like, for good reason. Like, this is, like, this was actually, I found, grounded in reality. Because mm-hmm. you can see that Will, for the good guy side of him or yeah. fucking whatever, like, you can see that he, like, has to break this news and be honest to someone who respects him and who he respects. Right. And so he does actually... <laughs> I have, like, a thousand dots, tells the truth, yep. and it's cringe. The worst part to me is he, he finally gets out, like, look, the boys and Tina have been picturing you in compromising positions to cool off, is the phrase. The worst part, that's bad. It's cringe, but yes, I guess he needed to tell her out of, like, mutual respect, figuring, but then... But then she probes for details. She's like, what kind of compromising positions? And what gets me is that Will had the answers, which means right? that means right? Will at some point asked the boys, like, give me details on exactly what, are you thinking what about? compromise. Because he knew at least that they pictured her in lingerie, which means that exchange happened between Will and his students. And that's fucking weird. Bad. Bad. Yeah. Also, is that... I feel like that's the first time I learned her name is Shannon. Yeah, Shannon Beast. Okay. Shannon Beast. Great. Cuts of breadsticks, I guess. Yeah. And um, well, well, also before that, like, Will's like, don't take it personally, but Beast yes. is like, yeah, of course I'm gonna take it personally. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't blame you. This is awful. It's awful. And like we've talked, like she's talked about her like struggles with her like self image before, back when she was being bullied by Sue and Will. Yeah. So yeah, this makes sense. It's heartbreaking. It's very cringy. I didn't really like it. Agreed. Same. Um, but then we cut to this double date at Breadsticks, mm-hmm. where we get the uh, the Lego My Ego story. Yeah, the Lego My Ego. I just wrote, and he says he finishes the story of facing down a man who was six eleven and sharpened canines, such as taking his waffle. Waffle, and he did say, and he let go of my ego. And then you have Brittany literally groping Artie under the table. Yeah, fun little paraplegic joke, because I believe yeah. the implication is that he can't feel it. because He can't he feel can, his legs? Can't feel his legs. Yep. Yeah. Um, and then they decide to dine and dash, which is, of course, a bad idea on that. many reasons. Um, but Artie does pay. Good for Artie. Now he's nice again. Um, Artie has no okay. problems um, being misogynistic, but he does have problems... Uh, not paying a waitress, which I guess puts him above Puck in that regard. Also, he was wearing another horse sweater. He <laughs> added to the tally. <laughs> added to the horse sweater tally. Yeah, so, therefore, like, Puck is taking the girls back, and, like, Artie, you can know, has Brittany now. Right, and um, he says that he's bringing them back to his house for a little sookie sookie, and I didn't like that. Gross. Add to the gross meter. <laughs> yep. Um and then we have the girl's number. The only thing I wrote down is I do like this, but Will don't make that face, which is par for the course. Yeah, I mean, really, this is, uh, that's the only way I can describe it. Um, good for the guitarist who is just living his best ginger life there. He was yeah. eating that shit up. Will's into it. Um, I guess we should mention they, sudden- they sing a mashup of Start Me Up and Bon Jovi's Living on a Prayer. Yes. And they all yes, come out okay, in, yeah. like, motorcycle gear. They all look pretty great, like... Yeah. It's a really fun number, very high energy. I think it was a good mashup. A, yeah. A Rachel and Mercedes heavy, like, number, which is always fun. It sounded like there was quite a bit of, um, what's, uh, Santana. Duh. Yes, yes. It sounded like there was quite a bit of Santana in there as well, and I wish they had, like, done a little bit more with her, but that's fine. Um, it was good. It was a good number. Suddenly they have a lighting budget. Yeah. That's cool. Um, yeah, um... Uh, okay. In the middle of this, Kurt gets a text from Blaine that just says "courage," um, which sweet, very sweet, is a big moment. That's what like that's one of those iconic things you read about that you remember that the like Blaine quote, which is just "courage." Um, and he smiles mm-hmm. doubly down at his phone. They finish their number. 
Will asks a very reasonable question, which is what made you pick these songs? But before we can get an answer, Becky Jackson comes storming in and hands a note off to Will that just says auditorium now. And so we go to the auditorium, and if you look to my left, as Sue says, you'll see a confetti cannon. And if you look to my right, you'll see another confetti cannon. My only note was, ah, uh, Chekhov's confetti cannons. <laughs> <laughs> um, which didn't Bravo. work because I'd forgotten that um, we talked. I was like, why do I remember confetti cannons? And then I was like, oh, right, that's what got taken away. And so Sue fires off her confetti cannons to remind her that Beast has left. Yes. She did not get fired. She just quit, but... She just quit. Um, and then Sue has a great evil laugh. <laughs> and she says she'll um, take the W anyway, which... Yeah, oh, yeah. and um, instead of, uh, instead of, like, and Will did the great thing of, instead of proving his point with Glee, <laughs> quote, they just got mean. They just got mean. Mm. Uh, and then if you don't mind cleaning all this up, yep. that would be great. It was um, a good scene. It is. And uh, then we cut to Kurt and his tiny little smartphone. Yep. Um, Looking at that courage that text again. Then Karofsky comes in, body slams him again. Um, and Kurt finally just, like, goes up to him and calls him out and is like, yeah, hit me, motherfucker. Yeah, like, I wrote the I line dare down. You. He wrote, hit me because it's not going to change who I am. Which is like, right. okay, yeah. True. True. And then we get... The reveal. The reveal, the drop, if you will, which was Karofsky pulls him in for a kiss. Yes. It's it's your um, classic, he's a homophobe because of his secret gayness. Right. It's a, I, wrote, I literally wrote, it's a trope, but okay. It is a trope. Um, yep. I th- which I think they did, they did well yeah. with, well enough. Um, More great face yeah. acting from Kurt in this, like... Yeah, and I do appreciate that they did ground Karofsky a little mm-hmm. bit. Like it's, you you have this you have this guy coming back every other episode. Yeah. Like it's good that he has like some humanity. Um, sure, like he's gonna be a character. Then I guess he has to be more than just hates gays. Yeah. Um, now we have hates gays because gay. Yes. Um, then will so then will addresses the entire <laughs> Glee club. We cut right to will being like, I hope you're you, happy. Like, he literally says, I hope it. you're happy now. Exactly. <laughs> Um, I did, <laughs> this was definitely the defying gravity yes, of the series, I did except like for it. defying gravity. I did like it because, like, he starts talking about Beast, and, like, Kurt and Mercedes look at each other because neither of them have been involved in this plot at all, and I like that they put that in to be, like, them being just absolutely confused. I'm like, yeah, fair, they weren't listening to this. I think I think even, like, in one of the um, just passing shots, Rachel was also confused, yes. and I'm like, okay, right, makes sense. because of the mailman. Because of the mailman, duh. Yeah. Yeah, but Will, like, literally, like, I hope you're happy's them. And then, I guess Sam or Finn is like, it's our fault, because we were thinking about Beast instead of coming in our pants. And... <laughs> and Tina. Yeah. And, and Tina. Wow, Mike Chain, <laughs> throw your girl under the bus. Quinn... Right. Quinn looks a little, like, chagrined at this, as though, it, like, implying that she didn't realize that she was causing this to be a problem. Right. So, I, I liked that little detail as well. Um, Me too. Um, and then, like, then they do have that moment where it's like, yeah, I, it, my note here is, I love that it turns out that, like, nobody knew about this, mm-hmm. and in the end, no one cared. Yeah. Like, if everyone just put out, they would have a winning football Thank team. Thank you, Santana. Thank you, Santana. And, like, they have this moment, too, where it's like, no, we actually like Beast. Like, our yeah. football team is actually doing better now. We just needed to know, um, you know, orgasm. Use her as yeah. a, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I liked that Quinn looks chagrin because it sort of subverts the trope of like, all women know what they're doing when they're being a tease. Like, right. I like the idea that Quinn didn't sort of realize that she was, like, they didn't communicate, but they're in high school, I guess. Um. Sure. And then, while this is happening, Puck and Will get summoned to the principal's office. Because he, it turned out he was lying on his community service form. Right, he wrote he was um, hanging with a crip. Yikes. Which, yikes, first of all, mm-hmm. big yikes. Which the parole officer or the uh, social worker took to mean that he was going to mitigate gang activity. Yes. Um, um, which I guess counts, so okay. The probation um, officer is the therapist from Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. That's where I knew her from. Yes. I was like, I know who this woman is. Yes. Here's what I don't yeah, understand. And, like, this makes sense that the probation officer would show up at school and that Puck would be brought in. Why the fuck is Will here? There is right? no reason for his 
for Pucks and his chorus teacher, essentially, to be in this meeting. Will has nothing. Right, like, he wasn't part of the terms of probation. If anything, Emma if should be there, but... Yes, absolutely. And even if it wasn't his chorus teacher, yeah. his Spanish teacher. Yeah, they can't just be like, you happen to be the adult that was in the room when we needed to see Puck. Like, Well, I mean, now they're only down to four teachers right. now that Beast is gone. That's true. So, Okay. Um, so then he, like, acts out and, like, has this whole, like, none of you really care about yeah. me moment, which, fair. sure, I buy it. I, I feel fair. like all the adults like, had, like, shared a look being like, oh, fuck, are we bad at our jobs? Like... <laughs> you were so close, guys. You were so yep. close. Um, and I, I wrote this episode is about hard truths, which I guess is that the teachers are bad at their jobs. Yep. Um, and I didn't see that moment where Puck was just running away either, so I guess that's nice that he, they grounded him mm-hmm. as well right. um well because he's been talking a big game and then it shows like he doesn't actually want to go back to juvie because it right. sucks presumably and he'll talk and more we'll, about that yeah we'll circle back um then we have clayne mm-hmm. addressing karofsky it's very dramatic it's extremely um, dramatic and it's extremely dramatic yeah um and like so blaine tries to basically pressure like talk to karofsky being like hey it's you know, we understand. It's hard to have feelings. And Karofsky, like, lashes out and, like, pushes Blaine up against a fence and is, like, right. we're never, like, talking, like, you know, gruff and angry. And It was very, um, it gets better energy. Right, and Karofsky was not interested in hearing that it gets better. And this whole exchange with him ends with Blaine just sort of leaning casually against a wall and very glibly going, well, he isn't coming out anytime soon, which I don't think, I is, the the, same note. I don't think is the appropriate response because he then goes to, like, Kurt and is like, why are you so upset? And I was like, I don't know, gestures broadly around. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, uh, read the room, bro. Right. And we find out that Kurt is so obsessed, upset, upset. Yeah. Um, not obsessed, um, because it turns out Kurt, until yesterday, had never, never been, been kissed. kissed. Episode title drop, thank you. Thank you. Um, and I guess I did not expect that to be the title drop. Yeah, no. Um, I guess, like, that's also where I was expecting, like, Clayne to have their first kiss. Well, good for... news, Ian, I wrote a fan fiction for you. Oh, Jesus fucking Christ. Okay. <laughs> so the scene... Go off, queen. <laughs> so the scene, like, ends with Blaine, like, patting Kurt on the back and being like, come on, I'll go buy you lunch, and they go be friends. Um, But if this had been a fanfiction, it would have gone uh, very different. Hold on, I have to drink some water for my dramatic reading. (laughs) So Kurt would have been like, I've never, I've never, that was my, like, I've never been kissed. Like, at least not one that counted. And then Blaine would very quietly go like, hey, and he would tilt his face. He would tilt his face up so they were looking at each other. And they'd be like going something like, that one didn't count either, but this one will. And then they would kiss. And then Kurt, Kurt was kissing a boy, and he was kissing Blaine, softly at first, but then much more insistent, too much for school. Kurt pulls away breathless, and that's as far as I got, but I could have kept going if you wanted. I also imagine, like, Blaine is, like, uh, just, yep. like, two fingers holding oh, the chin. Oh, 100%. Go off, Ian, you know. <laughs> Kurt's, like, looking I've seen down romantic sad, comedy. And then the tent, like, yeah, the chill, you know it. And then they would have kissed, and he would have definitely... Oh, and you know what? Mm-hmm. You know what? All, all that was missing mm-hmm. was was Blaine moving Kurt's bangs Kurt? aside for him. Yes. <laughs> I am so proud of myself right you now. You did it. Um, we're not doing that obviously because you know this claim has to be stretched out um over the whole season. We got time. Naturally, this is just setting up the dramatic tension. Like, everyone thought they were going to kiss there, and they didn't. Like, Kurt probably thought they were going to kiss, and they didn't, so. But I'm sure someone has written, right. a, like, a, a post-episode fic where they did kiss, and they just made out at the schoolyard, and it's great. Sure. And it was fine because it's fan fiction, yes. and suddenly Ohio's progressive. Sure. Um, and then we have this Beast and Will moment. Yeah. I've, I just have this note that every time Will says to someone, you know, I get it. I don't ever think he gets it, because he says, he's said it before, he says it to Beast being like, when she's like, I don't feel like anyone's ever loved me, and he's like, yeah, you know, I get it, and I'm like, Will, no, I don't think you You get- You just got divorced. I don't think you get what she's going through. I don't think you've had similar life experiences. If anything, maybe you were kind of unpopular in high school because you were also in Glee Club, and that's really, that's like- 
50% of what we know about Will as a person. And then my notes just evolve into, oh no, oh no, I forgot this part of the plot was happening. Yep, yeah, that sums up my notes as well. Um, We're all, I mean, I do think it was funny that he was like, we're all scarred by high school and people like us are stupid enough to come back here and relive it every day. And I'm like, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, you're right. He had like one singular good point and then... Beast drops the fact that she has never been kissed, episode drop, title drop two. Yes. And she's like, like, she's very sad because she's like, she's like, you know, I'm 40 and I've never even gotten through those baby steps. Like, I understand that. Like, yeah, it's all very sad. And then. Great acting. Great acting, especially on Dot Marie Jones. And then, Ian, tell me, what's Will's solution? What's, when Will, hearing this woman tearfully admit that she's never been kissed, what, and, and like, pouring her soul out. What's his, what's his fix for this? Well, Karina, I am so unhappy that you asked that question mm-hmm. because his fix is to do exactly what your fan fiction was for Yeah! <laughs> and <laughs> lead the chin in and go, yeah. hey girl, and kiss Beast on the mouth. Yeah, he did not ask. He just did this plan, which is a consent problem from my end, that he was just like, this yes. woman will appreciate me, Will Schuster, kissing her, because I am an conventionally attractive man. So this pity kiss, which is what it was, will be a nice, mm-hmm. good thing for her. And she'll be so happy. Yes, especially after Will being like, you, I, you know what I see? I see a beautiful woman whose heart is too big for many men to stand. Mm. And I'm like, okay. The only thing I was concerned about was like this turning into like, Rachel Berry falling in love with Will Part 2 and, like, another Fatal Attraction, Susie Pepper kind of thing. Um, No. Beast at least, like, takes it in good stride. Right. Like, they wrote it that this was a good solution. They were wrong. They were wrong. Two people in this episode get their experience of a first kiss taken away from them, and with two very different reactions, but still, I think that is important to note. That both the kisses in this episode were taken without consent. Good point. Yeah. Ugh. Anyway, we have Puck and Artie again, um, so... Yep. Puck once again reiterates that picking up trash is quote-unquote ghetto, which is something he said in the first line of questioning about community service, and I was willing to let it slide once, I guess, but, but the second time I was not. Yeah, now clearly it's just bad. Um, yep. And it's humiliating for him. Um, turns out he lied. Juvie sucks. Four guys jumped him and tore out his nipple ring. I do like Ugh. that they... I like that they brought back the nipple ring plot point. I don't like that they tore it out because I don't have a nipple uh, ring and that made me uncomfortable. I felt that. Yeah. Um, I didn't like thinking about it. Yeah. It's your classic, like, oh, you thought I was going to learn from you, but you ended up learning from me, like, odd couple trope. Okay. I also don't believe that the only other community service Puck can do is picking up trash. Like, there's a lot of different yeah. ways to do community service. But... Also, like, they kept taking my waffles. That was a good line. That was good. Yes. So, yeah. So, Artie will now be Puck's community service and will tutor him in geometry? Geometry? Geometry. Geometry. Because um, he says, geometry is easy, yo. Sure. Sure. It's not, but okay. No. Um Oh, because my note is like, this is all over the fucking place. Um, It really is. And then, uh, oh, and Pucks, I I do like that, like, the conditions are like, stick with me for six weeks, and if you don't pass, I will buy you all the waffles you can eat. Um, Adorable. Except then that's undercut. Very Leslie Nope. Yeah, but then it's immediately undercut with that, like, disgusting, like, vagina hand trick. um, Yeah. Which, um, oddly enough, I believe that the two of them would know with each other because they're both terrible. Yeah. They're both, like, it's a fun friend dynamic of, like I said, these two, like... Jerks. Two guys who... Yeah, they're two jerks in very different ways, but I guess they can be jerks together now. Sure. <laughs> um, and then we sort of pan to uh, Kurt at his locker. I don't know how we got a full fucking class photo. You read my mind, which was me being like, how the fuck did you get a picture of Blaine printed so fast? Right. Like, I can only... Did you ask him for that photo, or did you steal it from the yearbook? Either way. And how did you get the yearbook? Yeah. Because he's wearing a fantastic yellow number. I wrote, this um, is a look. It's a great look. And they and they pan over and you see him looking up into his locker. And I went, oh no, does he have a picture of Blaine in his locker already? That's kind of weird. And then it's like this magazine of to, like cut out to say courage. I'm like, oh no, he just made this little like reminder of 
of those words that meant so much to them. And then they panned down. There was a photo. I went, ah, well. <laughs> like, I was like, oh. you were doing so good. Oh, and nuts. That was weird. And then Will goes to find... No, I guess, did he already get Beast to be like, come to the Glee Club rehearsal, the boys want to show you something, um, and then he kissed her, so she, they think we, regardless. I guess, I don't remember, I, I don't remember if this is here, but, so Beast is sitting down, and then we have the boys, um, yes. number, and instead of like, winning a competition, the prize hopefully is Beast's forgiveness, okay. Yes. Um, and so they do a mashup of Stop in the Name of Love and Free Your Mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I really like mashups. That's mostly what this episode reminds yeah. me. Like, even a pretty bad mashup, I'm like, this is fun. Yeah, I en- I'm, I'm in the same boat. I just all, I just did not like this mashup. I didn't care for it. Yeah. It was. I don't think no. it was bad. I just didn't care for it. Um, the girls were better by far in this 100%. Um, oddly enough, my note here is, Mike, you're doing too much. Mike Chang was... Wow. Do- well, I mean, like, he's an incredible dancer, but, like, and, of course, this is... As someone who's been called back for Frankie Valley a couple times, mm-hmm. um, and and did a, a segment of it for a a, a student production thing in college, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean like that Jersey Boys choreography is supposed to be very simple and like Mike kind of giving it a hundred percent, just kind of a, it was a it was a bit too, much, too much. I realized during their choreography that literally every member of this Glee Club is paired off at the moment, with like the sort of exception of the platonic friendship of Mercedes and Kurt because yeah. they did this part at the end where they all like go up to their girls. I'm like, oh my God, every member of, like, this is the most accurate thing. Of course, every member of Glee Club is dating someone else. Right. Oh, yeah, it's absolutely the most accurate piece of being in the theater of troupe. Um, and like that, that moment with Mercedes and Kurt was really sweet. Very cute. Yeah. Um, like you had like your little like Sam and Quinn thing. I forget who yeah. I get. Like, even the Rachel Finn bit was cute. Like, that was a yeah, cute moment. Yeah, it was moment. cute. This episode's not about them, but they're still dating. Yeah. It's, it's neat. They didn't abuse that for this time. No. Um, and then I, I just also have, like, I forget who went up to him, but um, Will Schuster just going, like, whoa, 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 okay. Yeah. Because I guess like, someone was... let's not get a little too gay here, <laughs> folks. Yeah. <laughs> like, don't dance up on me, even though we just went through this whole plot whole point. Thing. Um. Anyway. I think, like, yeah, there's a couple good mashups in this episode. I think they kind of get overshadowed by the fact that this is the Teenage Dream episode. Like, if you were like, tell me what songs were in this episode, I would really only be able to name that one. I did not remember that the, like, second boys versus girls competition mashups were this episode until I saw them happening. But sure. I like a mashup. Yeah. And you don't get to hear them outside of Glee. In conclusion, okay. Yeah. Like I said, for me, there's some high highs because you, you, you know I love me that clean plot, but I really hated all the talk about jizzing in their pants, so... Not a, not my preferred <laughs> plot point. No. Uh, Beast stays in school, we're all happy. Yes. And, woof, boy. That's the episode. Much to discuss. Really, I, kind of a return to old glee. Very few songs this episode. Yes. So, let's say my friend Ian, that you are going to get one of these songs and load it onto your iPod. And let's say you're Karina in 2010 and there already was an answer that's proven already. Um, but we'll start with you. Um, your choices are the mashup of One Love slash People Get Ready, Teenage Dream, Start Me Up slash Living on a Prayer, or Stop in the Name of Love slash Free Your Mind mashup. Which one of these are you uh, blowing your change on? It's Teenage Dream. It's Teenage like Dream. Like, another, another episode where there's a correct answer. Here's the thing. It is the correct answer. Yes. And I can tell you it's the correct answer because not only do I watch it whenever it shows up in my YouTube recommendations, but every year I make a sort of... I don't make specific Spotify playlists anymore. I just make one for the whole year and add songs to it as my whim so I can sort of go through and look through my musical journey of the year. This year, there is two versions of Teenage Dream on my yearly playlist, and neither of them are by Katy Perry. Who's the second one by? Um, it's by an artist I like called Jenny Owen Youngs, who did a cover of it on uh, on an album she cool. released earlier this year. It's very good. But the other one is, in fact, Darren Chris. the Glee version. Awesome. Yeah. We started doing this play- this podcast, and I was like, man, I love me some Glee songs. And then I went, man, I really love Darren Chris singing Glee songs. Checks out. And it spiraled out of control from there. Yep, here we are. Boy. Oh, man, I feel like I had another surprise question for you in this episode, but I must not have. All right, well, 
we can always do some hashtag Boko bonus content if yes. you think of it. We, well, it's fine. We did it. We did it. Um, that's the episode. Um, <laughs> where can people find you, Karina? Oh, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok under Epic Adventure of. Go there. Um, I made a great. The last thing I tweeted about was when I was thinking about Grease 2 a lot, but then my phone mistyped it as Geese 2, and I've been thinking about that for several days. Wait, because you know I sent you that, I sent you that Geese thing, right? Yeah. Okay, good, good. Uh, Geese 2. Geese 2. Um, Ian, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at iabrowski, ianjbrodsky.com, iabrods on TikTok. Uh, yeah, the show, the show is at Glee Aggressive, mm-hmm. gleeaggressive at gmail.com if you want to, uh, send us your long form, uh, thoughts on... Yeah, tell us what song you, what acapella song would you sing to seduce a boy? What would be your song, Karina? To sedu- um, it would be, um, an acapella version of the soundtrack of Mamma Mia version of Lay All Your Love On Me. Which That's is to say answer. the one the one from Mamma Mia, not the one by ABBA. Okay. Uh, and I would make all the people is doing my acapella back up wear the flippers and do the dance like they do on the dock. Good. Good. <laughs> do you have an answer, Ian? I'm actually trying to think of one and I can't think of one outside of Genuine's Pony, which is just awful. <laughs> Like yours would be the cup song from Pitch Perfect because you are Anna Kendrick in your song. <laughs> oh, uh, you read Ian, put the cup down. <laughs> oh man, you read me for filth, and it was an honor. Uh, this epi- like this episode, we really passed a milestone here, folks. Like we are now in a post Blaine era. Yes, um, the world will never be the same. It's true. Um, for me specifically, apparently. Um, yeah, so I guess that's it. <sighs> that's it. We did it. Sometimes I think we forget how to end the show. Right. It, it works out. It ends It ends eventually. It does. Which is to say, thank you for joining us watching this episode of Glee. Please join us next time when we will be discussing Season 2, Episode 7, titled The Substitute. Oh, Ian, there's a special guest star in this one. Oh, wow. So I have to ask, Ian, does watching this episode of Glee make you want to watch the next one? No. Oh no, but Blaine's here now!